Matthew chapter 1, starting with verse 18, and we're going to read through 25. Matthew 1, starting with 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived of her, in her excuse me, is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus." For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, And he called his name Jesus. As Max Lucado is fond of saying, the white space between Bible verses is very fertile soil for questions. You ever read the Bible and think, I wonder, I wonder what, I wonder if, I wonder what Jesus was like as a teenager. I wonder if Jesus ever got a little bit. No, we can't equate, you know, we can't, I can't see, you know, we can't see the Son of God being mouthy, but you know, you wonder, did Jesus ever get tired, tired? Go back into the Old Testament. I wonder if Eve ever ate any more fruit or Adam. Hmm? Do you ever wonder if Noah slept well when it was raining outside after the whole event, after the flood? You think he got nervous every time it rained? He knew God's promise, right? How about Jonah? Do you think Jonah liked to eat fish? Hmm? I wonder, did Moses avoid bushes? Did Moses stick with trees and grass? Did Jesus tell jokes? You know? I love the videos that came out, what was it, about 15, 16 years ago, um, Gospel of Matthew and that one, Bruce Marciano played Jesus because he presented this whole side of Jesus. All those, all those movies years ago, Jesus was always this somber, somber person. And Bruce Marciano portrayed this entirely different Jesus from what had ever been portrayed before as a smiling, happy, you know, joyful Jesus. The kind of Jesus people would want to be around, right? I mean, if people really followed Jesus, don't you think there would have been something convincing about him and his way? Not that he just, you know, did to people's minds and people decided to follow Jesus. There was something attractive about Jesus, but that's not what I'm preaching about. I'm going to keep going. Do you think Peter, do you ever wonder if Peter tried walking on water again after Jesus ascended into heaven? You know? Um, Do you think any woman would have ever married Paul if he would have asked her? The Bible, Max Lucado says, the Bible is um, like a fence full of knot holes that we can peek through, but we can't see the whole picture. Like a scrapbook full of pictures that show people encountering God, but we don't always get the result captured in a photo. Sort of like a movie, you know? 
we don't always get the plot resolution or what's that what's the movie term denouement or something like that i think is the uh, any film students or or theater students you know the whole idea of plot resolution we don't get always the whole entire picture from the bible so um thinking about people jesus dealt with the demoniac that jesus set free what did he do for a living after jesus set him free What about Jesus and the events that surrounded his birth? I mean, we know some of the story, you know, but you wonder, the innkeeper that was too busy to welcome the Son of God, do you think he ever learned who it was that he turned away? Or the shepherds? Anybody like to sing? Anybody ever hum? Everybody ever catch themselves humming? Okay. Does anybody like to sing while you're doing things? Yeah, they laugh at me at work. But, you know, I, I wind up a lot of times working solo. I don't work, like, I mean, I'm a part of a team at work, but I don't have a partner right on hand because when you're finishing drywall, it's kind of like a one-guy thing, right, Steve? And so it's, you know, you're, you're, you're on your own. And when we're doing the things that we really don't like, like sanding drywall, um, I, I wind up singing more and louder and more obnoxiously just because of the fact that I'm trying to get myself through tasks that I don't care for. But do you think the shepherds. Do you think they remembered the tune, the song that they heard the angels sing? Do you think the shepherds walked around whistling that? Or the wise men that followed the star? What was it like to worship a toddler? Do you think they could get Jesus to stay in one place long enough to observe him when they came across Jesus? I mean, you know what your kids were like at two or three or four? You know, they were all over the place. It was like little Billy, what's his name, on the family circus. You know, I'm not saying that's what Jesus was like. I mean, I, I don't, we don't know what Jesus was like as a toddler. But Joseph, Jesus' father, you think he ever wrestled with Jesus? You know, did they arm wrestle? Do you think, I don't know how that would go. Did Jesus let Joseph win? Or did Joseph let Jesus win? You know, I, you know, but I mean, really, think about that. You ever wonder, um, did Jesus ever look up, or did Joseph, excuse me, ever look up from his prayers and catch Jesus listening to what he was praying? And whatever happened to the wise men? Whatever happened to Joseph? We don't really know what happened to Joseph. There's legend and story, but there's not much information. And as a matter of fact, Joseph, who's role was so crucial, so important in Act 1. Um, you would expect that we would hear more, and there's been lots of sermons about Joseph, you know, and, and his role in, in Jesus' life and in his birth, but, you know, you would expect to see Joseph in the rest of the Jesus story, wouldn't you? You know, you, you kind of wonder, what was his earthly father like? But with the exception of when Jesus was 12 years old in Jerusalem in the temple, Joseph never reappears in Scripture. And so the rest of his life is left to speculation, and we're left with questions, and that's why I'm asking questions. But what about Bethlehem that night? Did the stars keep on twinkling? Do you think Joseph paced around the stable? Dads, you know, where were you? What did you do whenever your kids were born? Um, Did Joseph pace around the stable? What did he think about? What was going through his mind? What was on his mind while Mary was giving birth? You know, what did Joseph do that night? What did, what, what did dads do thousands of years ago? What did dads do recently other than 
get out of the way, as we're told to do. But, you know, did Joseph heat water? I mean, we, it was the two of them in a stable, right? You know, and some animals were left to understand. But, you know, did Joseph heat water? Was there anything to heat water in? I, I, I read years ago someone said the reason that they had men heat water uh, during childbirth was just to give them something to do to get them out of the way. All right? Okay, ladies, we get that. All right? We get that. You know? Did he get a spot ready for Mary to lay down, lie down, whatever is proper English, I don't know. Um, how comfortable could Mary be in this stable, right? Um, did she ask him to get lost? Did she ask him to step out? Could Joseph ever have felt perhaps more alone than he did at that moment? I mean, Mary wouldn't be able to talk. Mary wouldn't be in the mood to talk. She's in great pain, right? But what was he thinking about while Jesus was being born? Did he look at the stars? You know, the stars shining down. Did he think about God? Did he think about his baby? Did he pray? After all, I mean, this isn't what Joseph had in mind, do you think, was it? Do you think when the angel told Joseph God's plan, do you think Joseph envisioned this? A stable being turned away a bunch of places? Remember the movie The Nativity Story we watched at Christmas time last year? Has anybody seen the movie The Nativity Story? The stress that it creates at the time of Jesus' arrival when Mary gave birth was just, I mean, I watched a clip of it this morning, last night, and I was just, I was stressed out just watching it, you know. Um, But it certainly couldn't have been the way Joseph planned for God's son to be born. I mean, my baby being born in a stable is not how I thought this would be, God. A cave, a hole in the the stone, a, a hole in the wall, what, a donkey maybe, maybe a couple donkeys, maybe some, a cow, a, you know, couple of cattle, some animals. We don't know what's there. But with Mary giving birth and only some animals and the stars to hear Mary crying out, I doubt that it's at all what Joseph imagined the way the birth of God's son would be. I mean, if Joseph would have imagined it, as I think through it, he probably would have dreamed up what? Some grandmothers being there to help because they knew what was coming down. You know, they, they, they knew what to, what to do. Um, maybe some, some neighbors and some of the other guys around outside, out of the way, ladies, okay, um, to celebrate a pat on the back. Probably envisioned people laughing, excited conversation. At least that's how I envisioned, or you think that Jesus, that Joseph would have thought it would have been when God's son was born, you know, maybe a midwife there to hand you the baby, you know, people applauding. Mary could rest then, someone to take care of Mary. Everyone would celebrate. The town would celebrate. But no, Nazareth is five days away, and they're in the middle of sheep and smelly animals. Who's going to celebrate with Joseph and Mary? Who is there? Sheep, shepherds, stars? It doesn't seem right. Sure, God spoke through his messenger. The angel spoke to Joseph. But do you think maybe Joseph thought, what kind of husband am I? I can't afford a, a midwife to take care of my wife in her greatest time of need and in her greatest pain. I can't even put a bed underneath of her to give her some comfort and rest during childbirth. What's my wife's pillow? Maybe a blanket off my donkey that smells, that has hair on it. He's probably thinking, perhaps, I can't even put a roof over her head. 
just a borrowed shed and some straw. I mean, Joseph is a working man, right? Joseph's a working man. He's supposed to be able to take care of everything. Isn't that what a working man's supposed to be able to do? Working guy's supposed to be able to take care of everything. The smell is bad. Animals might be loud. They might be quiet. He's probably thinking, even I smell. Do you think Joseph ever stopped and asked, did I miss something, God? Did I miss something here? Did I? I mean, when God sent the angel and spoke of a son to be born, and you will name him a shortened version of Yehoshua, God saves, okay? It's probably not what Joseph had in mind. If I was Joseph, maybe what? I would have thought about Jerusalem, the temple, priests around. After all, this is the Messiah. Maybe a parade, a feast of some sort. Maybe not Jerusalem. Maybe Nazareth. Wouldn't Nazareth have been better than Bethlehem? That's where my house is. That's where my business is. What do I have out here? I've got a tired donkey, a stack of firewood, maybe, and some stars. It's not the way I wanted it to be. It's not the way I wanted my, your son to be born. And maybe Joseph stopped and said, oh my, I did it again, didn't I, God? I keep forgetting he's not even my son. He's God's son. Really another humble moment for Joseph, right? Humility is not easy, friends, is it? No, it's not. You think Joseph ever got tired of humility? I, I, in my opinion, I think Joseph is the most humble man in all of Scripture. I just, my, my thoughts, just my thoughts. I think Joseph is the most humble person in Scripture. But this child, which he is to take as his own, is God's child. It's God's plan. But is this the way God chose to send his son into the world? I've dealt with the angel showing up. I've dealt with that. All the questions people have. I mean, don't you think Joseph and Mary faced gossip from people about why she's pregnant? And rumors and stares and whispers and covered mouths and you could tell someone's saying something behind the hand? And then they have to rush to Bethlehem. And he's dealt with that. Finally, finally he's found a place. But what is it? It's a stable. And any minute now, Mary's going to give birth, and not just to any baby, but the Messiah, God's Son. Not to just any old infant, but Mary, my wife, is going to give birth to God. That's what the angel said, and that's what Mary and I believe. I want to believe that, God. But you have to understand, this isn't easy. Do you think it might have been frustrating for Joseph? Perhaps a little bizarre? A little confusing? Joseph probably didn't like strange things. I'm guessing, all right? I'm just guessing. I don't know this for certain, but I'm guessing. I would imagine that Joseph didn't like disorder. Joseph was a carpenter, right? Joseph makes things fit for a living. That's the way he's wired. Joseph makes things work. He squares up the ends. He makes stuff level. Make sure the bubble's in the middle, right, Pastor? <laughs> he makes things square. 
and he follows a plumb line, right? He's a carpenter, that's what they do. I measure it twice, I cut it one time. Builders do not like surprises. People who build things, who create things, make things, do not like surprises. There's a plan. We like to see the plan before it happens. We like to know what we're building before we're building it. But Joseph isn't the builder this time, is he? This time, Joseph is the tool in God's hand. He's a hammer in God's grip. He's a nail between God's fingers. He's a chisel in God's hand. Joseph is a tool to be used. So, it's not Joseph's project, it's God's project. So, do you wonder, is Joseph praying, I guess it's foolish of me to question you, God. Will you please forgive my struggling? It doesn't come easy for me to trust God. Because I'm used to doing it on my own, maybe. I'm used to taking care of things. I line things up. This is my wife, right? She's my wife. Do you think maybe Joseph might have asked God for another angel? Maybe for some company? I'm taking a lot of license here, I realize. But I'm not laying down. I'm just, let's think for a moment. But, you know, do you think Joseph, do you think Mary kicked him out of the stable? I mean, it's possible. It, it, you know, he might have been there. But then again, she might not have wanted him there. I mean, like I said, the staff at the hospital, when Ethan and Emma were born, they made me very aware that I was only in there because... It was, I mean, listen, I understand when, when, when a person's health and safety is on the line, you know, certain things fall to the wayside, but I can't, that was probably the last time I was led by the hand by someone in a specific path to walk. That little nurse said, you will follow me, you will take my hand, you will go nowhere else, you will touch nothing else, you know. So I, I was under, I was, I understood where I was supposed to stand, that I was not to move, that I was not allowed to do anything but touch my wife's hand, okay? So I mean, you know. It's just the way it was. But I don't know where Joseph was at. I don't know how Joseph was made to feel in the course of things. But I'm asking us to think for a moment from Joseph's perspective in all this. Certainly there's lots of sermons that could be preached about Mary's perspective on the birth of Jesus. And I wouldn't even deign to guess because not being a woman, just being an insensitive male. Um, we're going to look at things from Joseph's perspective. But... When Ethan and Emma were born, I was a nuisance to be contended with by the nurses, okay? We get it. As men, we get it. So, maybe Joseph wanted some friendship. Maybe Joseph felt alone. Mary certainly wouldn't have felt like conversing, you know. Did Joseph pray any of these things? I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm looking at it from, you know, from a, a, a person's perspective that just thinks through. So, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But, we could probably guarantee that at some point in our lives, all of us have prayed the same prayer about a different scenario. Have you ever been caught between what God says and what makes sense? Has God ever put a promise in your life and told you something was going to happen, but in your natural mind, it doesn't make sense? <clears throat> Have you ever done what you felt God was leading you to do, only to wind up wondering if God was really ever talking to you in the first place? 
If you haven't, I have, okay? I'll say it. Have you ever stared up into the sky and doubt? Am I still on the right road in life? Have you ever asked that? Have we ever asked that question? Back there, when I turned right, God, should I have actually turned left? Nothing like life's journey to make you think through a bunch of things and ask a lot of questions, right? God, is there a plan behind this scheme that you have? You ever had anything turn out differently than what you expected it to be or what you felt God was saying it was going to be? We haven't stood outside stables uh, to search for answers, but where do we stand when we ask questions? We stand outside an emergency room and ask these questions. God, was this your plan? Should I have done something differently? Have we ever stood in the gravel alongside a road and said, God, did I miss it? Is there something differently? Are you involved? Are you here? Are you present in a time like this? We have stood in cemeteries under green trees and on green, beautiful grass, and we've asked questions, haven't we? If we have lived, certainly somewhere along the way, we have questioned God's plan. And if we haven't questioned God's plan along our path, then I don't think we've lived much, truthfully saying. But why does God do what he does in our lives? Uh, Bethlehem Sky, 2,000 some odd years ago, probably was not the first time that some confused traveler asked questions like this. So, if you or I ask what Joseph did, maybe we're asking it now, maybe we have recently, maybe sometime this year, next year, we might be asking some of these questions. Let's do what Joseph did. And Joseph obeyed. When the angel came and spoke to Joseph, we read in Matthew, what did Joseph do? He got up, he obeyed. <clears throat> he obeyed when Mary explained things. Angel appeared to Mary, right? When Mary shared her dream, Joseph obeyed. The plan. Maybe not necessarily Mary, okay? <laughs> of course, there are some of our husbands out here that we do obey our wives, but we won't touch that. But Joseph obeyed the plan that God had. Right? Joseph obeyed when God sent him. Joseph obeyed. Joseph was obedient to God when it was bright outside and it, when it was dark at night and things were scary. In both situations, when things were cool and when things weren't so cool, Joseph learned to obey God. He didn't allow confusion to disrupt his obedience. Joseph didn't know everything, but he did what he knew to do. And that applies to you and me. Joseph shut down his business. He packed up his family. And he went to another country, another area. Why? Because he felt that's what God said for him to do. So, what about us? On December 11th, closing in real fast on 12 o'clock. What about us at the Christmas time of year? At year's end? A new year coming up soon? 
We're like Joseph. We can't see the whole picture. You know? Things change. Things don't happen the way we plan for them. Pastor and Rhonda shared they weren't supposed to be in town. They were going to be away on holiday celebrating with some family. Things change. Things don't happen the way we plan. But, like Joseph, our job is to see that Jesus is carried to the whole world, into our part of the world, I should say, into our part. And like Joseph, we're faced with choices. Obey, disobey. Because Joseph obeyed, God used Joseph to change the world. Joseph, though in a humble circumstance, vital part of what went down in Jesus' birth. God used Joseph like he used Mary to bring his son, his whole entire plan of redemption, salvation, fixing my life. Joseph had a part to it because he obeyed. So, here we are, 2011, looking forward to 2012. Can God do the same thing with you and I? Is God still looking for another Joseph? Is God looking for another woman like Mary? Men and women who believe that God is not through with this world. An uncommon God needs very common people to be used by Him. Will we be that kind of people this Christmas, this year? Will we serve even when we don't understand? God will take honest questions. God will deal fairly God will deal squarely with people who plead and ask why. God doesn't mind us asking why if we ask with an honest heart. Maybe God didn't answer every one of Joseph's questions. Maybe Joseph didn't even ask a question. Maybe Joseph just walked through the whole thing and never had a, a doubt, a, a, a thought, a question. But if I put me in that scenario, if you will perhaps put yourself in that position... Would we have asked why? I would have, you know, in this life that I live, I ask why all the time. Maybe God didn't answer every one of Joseph's questions. Are you still with me, God? Where I'm at? And then, maybe Joseph heard a baby cry, and he knew that God was still there, and that was God's way of saying, what? I'm still here, Joseph. I'm here for you. I'm here with you. Through my son. Lots of questions that will never get answered until we get home, friends. Lots of knot holes and splinters in the fence that we're trying to look through to get an idea of what God expects from us and what we can expect from this life. How many times this year in 2012 coming up or this past year in 2011 we're now in, how many times have we ever, I wondered, you know, I wonder what would have happened, what if, those kind of questions. But when we wonder, we never need to ask these questions. Does God care? We never need to ask, do we really matter to God? We never need to ask, does God still love me? Because through the baby that was born, to answer Joseph's questions and the baby that was born to answer these questions for you and I 
God says, yes, our sins are forgiven, our names are written in heaven if we only believe. I like the video, the, the Christmas with Jesus video. I, I like how, you know, uh, the guy's, the guy's like a flea in a skillet, man. He is all over the map, you know. <laughs> I wonder if I'm ever running around the coffee table like that and Jesus is trying to get my attention and saying, slow down, slow down. Whoa, let's spend some time together here. Let's not get distracted. But Jesus answers the questions that we have. Yes, we're forgiven. Yes, our names are written in heaven if we believe. Yes, death has been defeated. Yes, God has entered this world because Emmanuel, Jesus' name Emmanuel means what? God with us. God with us. Now, one last selection of scripture. Hebrews chapter 3. You know what? I'm just going to let Jose put it up on the screen and I'm going to read it from the message. Starting with verse 12. So watch your step, friends. Make sure there's no evil unbelief lying around that will trip you up and throw you off course, diverting you from the... It cut off that last word. I don't know why it cut off, but it's from the living God. From the living God. For as long as it's still God's today, keep each other on your toes so sin doesn't slow down your reflexes. If we can only keep our grip... The margins weren't set right. On this, one, on this one screen we use, on the one setting we use, it cuts off words. All right, give us the next one, brother. Oh, we're good. Okay. We started out with, we're in this Christ. We're in, we're in this with Christ for the long haul. These words keep ringing in our ears today. Please listen. Don't turn a deaf ear as in the what? Okay. For who are the people who turned a deaf ear? Weren't they the very ones Moses led out of Egypt? And who was God provoked? This is, uh, this is team effort, isn't this? This is great. Yeah. <laughs> Those who turned a deaf ear and ended up corpses in the wilderness. And when he swore that they'd never get where they... I don't own a, I don't own a Bible in the message translation. That's why I don't have, I'd have it up here otherwise. I need to get one of those. Okay, uh, to the ones who turned a deaf ear, they never got there because they never listened, never believed. <laughs> if you're willing to say amen, stand up with me. Listen, it's like this. Verse 13 gives us advice to help us obey God together. 18 and 19 break it down like this. They show a very close connection between obedience and belief and teamwork.